Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Fantasy Fit Bar Pod. We are the podcast that talks about Scottish football and how good is that right now through the lens of Fantasy Fit Bar. My name is John and I'm joined by a man who has supported Scotland through the wilderness for the last 22 years. And Scobie, can you boogie? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I can boogie. <laughs> oh, thanks to big Davy Marshall. What a week, John. What, what a week. week. What a week. And, and listeners, boy, have we got a treat for you this week. Not only do we have Scobie and I to chat about Scottish football uh, for you, we also have none other than Craig Gagan, the manager of One Year Ma. They're actually having a appalling season in fantasy. Yes, they are. Scotland, with only 538 points. <laughs> so I'm not really sure why he's on, but then I do remember he is a big Celtic fan and most importantly, a huge Scotland fan. He's even got the latest Scotland top on tonight. Oh, if you can see him now. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Mr. Gagan? Good lads, just for me on. Long overdue. Yeah, very much so, very much so. We were waiting for you to climb up the league a little bit, but you know, we were waiting for the, <laughs> the end of the season, so we thought we'd have you now. Yeah, yeah, the less said about that, the better. Man, you're a man, a, it's, it's, a, it's a team name you've had for a while, you've had it in the FPL, and it is still one of my favourite fantasy football uh, team names, I must say that. It's a, it's a good one, but do you know what, I actually stole it from a Celtic forum, so there is an original one you're man out there. There and, is. And now the, now the world knows. So. <laughs> you have you've just blown your covers that's away. it that was your exclusive so who'd have thought there's another Queen's Eleven in the world yeah potentially yeah <laughs> Jesus I'd nearly had to delete the podcast after listening to his one by the way <laughs> delete, uh... <laughs> and here it is and here it is so Gideon, uh great to have you on and uh, yes. listeners on this week's pod we are going to take part one there's a lot of t- lots happened since the last game week Basically, all through international football. So, what we're going to try and do is dissect um, with a fantasy football Scotland perspective what's happened in international football, you know, going through the, the madness of Scotland games, but also there's some other players playing. In part two, Scobie will take us through um, last game week's games if you can cast your mind back to them. And then in part three, we'll look forward to double game weeks for both Aberdeen and Hibernian. And we'll also chat to Gagan a little bit about just how. He is so shite at fantasy football. (laughs) (laughs) Still, lads. Been listening listening to this every week. Fucking, that tells you everything you need to know. (laughs) Yes. Well, we always say, do as we say, not as we do. That's true. That's true. Let let me let me just cast your minds back, boys, to the twenty first of March, two thousand and nineteen, where the hapless Scotland suffered one of the most abject defeats in our history. In the first Euro 2020 qualifier against Kazakhstan, who were ranked at this point 117th in the world. And now fast forward to a week ago today. I mean, Scobie, do you, do you want to just try and talk to us the feelings that you felt last week? Um, well, I don't need to describe it to you two. Um, <laughs> sorry for yourself, I think. Um, but enough said about that. It, look, it was unbelievable. Um, basically, you know, whole adult life following Scotland. Um, you know, we're obviously all fans of different teams and whatnot. So, um, uniting the clans is something you've said um, a fair few times recently, John. I think it's right. And it says, you know, 
it's never really been a pleasure to 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 watch Scotland, um, but it's been a pleasure to support them all as you said you boys. So um yeah, just fucking amazing. Um okay, we did it an interesting way. Turns out we're brilliant at penalties. Um I mean, when that goal goes in 91st minute, I don't think anyone was surprised. Um, but to persist the way they did and the way that they played to see out the penalty shootout again, as I said at the start of the show, Davey Marshall, um, kind of owe it to him. I st- I'm still struggling to put into words, to be honest. It's just, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Um, and to, and to, have to finally know that we're going um, to this Satmers Euros is, is pretty special. Gonna be in the sticker book. Right. <laughs> gonna fucking be in the sticker book. <laughs> fucking right. Panini won't know what hit them. They Egg, won't. What were your thoughts? Like I could happily spend forty-five minutes just talking about that game. <laughs> like more than happily, I've listened to every single podcast, anything to do with anything to the Scottish football. I've listened to literally just beaming, absolutely yeah. beaming. Just honestly, I've never. It's just, this is just what it's like to win stuff, I guess, to actually not fuck it up. And uh, it's like, it's unheard of. Like, uh, yeah, as I said, I remember watching that Kazakhstan game in the office in Ireland because it was, it was during, it was like three o'clock or something. Yeah, it was. Pumped 3-0, McLeish was manager, looked like a shower of shite. And then just how far we've come under Steve Clark is just, yeah, amazing. As I say, it's just, I can talk about this all day. And I won't say anything, I'll just constantly say like, this is amazing and this is class. I'll never say anything in any context, but unbelievable. <laughs> love, like, it's yeah, so love good. It. So I mean, happy. So fucking you know, you, happy. We can talk about, you know, slight dampener the last couple of games getting defeated. And I know people say you can't just ride on the, we're going to the Euros, but it's been 22 years. <laughs> we're, we're all 30, touching 30. Like we've never had like this to go to in the summer. And it is, it's just so big and you can't take anything away from it. Totally. I, I think, um, it probably, it was probably quite good last night and and Sunday in in some ways. Um, I think it's you know it's shown us we could have easily got caught up in the you know in the whirlwind of qualifying. It's shown us the flaws we knew that we had are definitely there and they're going to become big problems if we don't you know if we don't work on that. And I think I'm I'm, I'm thankful at this point that we've got the best part of a World Cup qualification to play. We've got a lot more football to play before next summer, so it's a really good situation. You know, whereby they are going to get matches. You know, if you, sometimes when you win these playoff games, if it's right before the tournament, you, a couple of months you go straight into it, a couple of friendlies maybe. But we're going to have competitive games against, um, you know, top possibly, well, definitely some top teams in our World Cup qualification group. So it sets us up really nicely to almost kind of use that as our as our as our kind of pathway to the Euros. So yeah, definitely felt a lot more familiar the last two games. <laughs> a lot more fam- familiar emotions. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. I was a bit frustrated. I think that's you ask as a sign of where we've got to, or getting ahead of uh, ourselves. It was just like I don't know. I, I, I did think there was a, maybe a point that they would just they'd, they'd kick on and somehow find their their goal scoring this <laughs> big Bernie was going to bang in three on Sunday, followed by you know God knows what last night. But it didn't happen. I do think I do think Israel aren't that bad a side. To be fair, after just watching them about fifty times over the last few weeks, <laughs> Scotland seem to play them every week. But uh, but yeah, I think they're not not too terrible a side. So. I'll just tell myself that anyway. So. The, 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 yeah. yeah, the biggest incentive for me for us to get into Group A was the fact that we're guaranteed not to play Israel again. For <laughs> <laughs> that Dasser was brilliant again. How Rob- good's oh that right back just has Rob in his pocket. Yeah, and that uh, the boy that scored the goal was decent. It's what Solomon or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and obviously Beaton and all that class act. <laughs> 
Well, you've now you've you've linked us in. Ah, nice segue. Nice segue because let's talk about the the Scotland players and the international players through a fantasy football Scotland perspective. So, Gigan, you can start us here. There's five of the starting eleven play in the Scottish Premiership. Do you want to take us through the the Celtic players and how you see them as fantasy football Scotland assets? And you know, with a summer tournament coming up, will they be incentivised to play better? I think for the Celtic ones, obviously, it's McGregor who's playing, who's the only guaranteed starter every week in the Celtic midfield. Um, and he's not a very fantasy football friendly player, but I think he's quite expensive as well. I might have to double check that. I know, I know he's criminal compared to like your early nooses. Um, but like he will, he's guaranteed to play and he'll always be in amongst it. Um, I'd much prefer him when he has, see when he has Ryan Jack playing next to him, it makes a big difference. See Scott Brown's legs are kind of finished now. And he has to do a load of Scott Brown's running. When he has a, he has a proper defensive mid next to him for Celtic, I reckon he'll become a lot more of a point scorer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got, for other SPFL, Decky Gallagher, who's obviously just a genius. Um, yeah. <laughs> Stephen O'Donnell, but he doesn't, doesn't really play amazing for Motherwell, but stick him in a Scotland shirt. <laughs> no bother. Well, a bit of bother, but, you know. <laughs> uh, and who else am I thinking? Griffiths. No, Decky Gallagher. Yeah, Decky Gallagher, to, to, to point him, I think uh, you know he he was um, he was towering, wasn't he, the other night in the in this game? Particularly, he was obviously coming into that game having just scored a goal, which we'll which we'll talk about in the in the second part. Um, he's a big threat. I, I, it was frustrating me a little bit last night, thinking you know can, can we not be quite a big team? Can we not? Mm-hmm. There's the big boys in there. Can we not be a bit better off set pieces and a bit of a threat? Because we've never really looked at that in the last couple of games for any of them. But I do think you know Big Deck's got that about him. Um, so quite exciting to see where he's at, and I think Sozzi will get a bit better. Uh, you know, if Motherwell, you know, do hit a bit of a run too, so he's going to be full of confidence, and he's playing for that right back spot because he's not nailed on. You know, he's definitely him and Palmer are both chucked in around there, so he's got lots to play for for the, this season. So kind of exciting. Yeah, Gallagher two point six in a game. You know, nearly point seven a mil cheaper than Sozzi, three point three. So I think Gallagher is the Motherwell defender you can go for there. Um, I totally agree with you, Gibbo. I thought McGregor, best game in the Scotland shirt against Serbia, uh, arguably man of the match, absolutely outstanding. I think it's a really good yeah. point to make. Uh, with Ryan Jack, who's irrelevant in fantasy football Scotland, let's be honest, just due mm-hmm. to the way he plays and is never going to get forwards. I want to talk a little bit about a couple of other Celtic players and get your views, Gibbo especially. I think Scobie and I have chatted a bit about how we think maybe Lee Griffiths should be put out on loan ahead of next summer to get the minutes. I completely agree with you from a Scotland perspective wanting to get minutes, but I'd be devastated if if Lennon put him out, to be honest, because we've seen Klamala, although he scored for Poland the other night, but seeing Klamala doesn't really do it for me. Ayeti's all right, but he's bollocks after 50 minutes. Um, Griffiths just is, he's an ace, he's a joker. Like he's, he's he offers you something that not many players around offer you these days. Um, but I 100% want to see him playing regularly. I'd love to see him play next to Edward. But I don't know if we'll see it. I also think Griff, you know, that at that value, uh, if he does play for Celtic, he probably takes a lot of your free kicks, set pieces, just, like so so valuable from fantasy point of view if he was to be playing. But just just what I was about to say, after watching Christie take three thousand corners the other day and you know, <laughs> one chance, and it's just like it just I completely agree with that. With him and corners at Celtic, it just doesn't do it for me. Griffiths, although you want him him in the box, no one has a delivery like that. Exactly, and you just felt like with Scotland, if, if you had that delivery coming in early in the game with this fresh mm-hmm. length, bit of energy, I mean, he's putting balls in on the 80th minute. Guys aren't going to be charging in to, you know, to, to cane them in. So I think, you know, 
he's just that alone like it's just so much more of a threat which let's face it like teams like Greece won Euro championships you know in our lifetime basically being really good in set pieces and being really solid at the back I would love a Euro championship I don't care if we play like Greece you know it's just like got to start thinking a little bit like that a bit more attritional where would you boys want him to go on loan I think close close to home. Hibs. I mean, Hibs or Aberdeen is are the obvious shouts. Whether he'd get a a, a a regular, he needs to go somewhere for minutes. And at Hibs, you've got you've got you've got Doidge and Nisbet. Difficult to get in ahead of them. I, I know, obviously, Griffiths that is that standard. But Doidge, nah, I agree with you though. Really good. And then at Aberdeen, you've got Sam Cosgrove, and they only play one up front. So you want him to go somewhere to guarantee in minutes and you want him to drop down not too far down the league. And those are the next two teams behind Rangers and Celtic. So it's, it, it's difficult. It, it is difficult. Unless you want to send him to the championship, but I mean the English championship, like, but even then, oh, sorry, it's not really, not really guaranteed minutes. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so well, we'll take him. <laughs> um, no, no, I, I do. I, I see it at Hibs um, just because he loves and uh, loves the club. And Doidge and Nisbet are fairly similar, you know, in terms of that they both like to play quite far up there, bigger guys. I could see Griff playing off either of them. Mm. Um, so they would be the obvious one, but I don't know. Put Griffiths off, off Nisbet, and then it also segues me into nicely, because I want to talk a bit about guys that are on the borderline mm -hmm. of, of, the, of the squad, of the plane, we'll call it, for the Euros next summer. And Kevin yeah. Nisbet's one of those guys, because... I mean, we, we only scored five goals in the whole six games of that, of that um, Nations League group. We've got a clear problem up front. Is Kevin Nisbet the answer? Mm, he's, like, on the same level of answer as Lauren Shankland is. And, like, we, we have to get to the stage with McBurney where we have to be like, right, you're shite now. Or we just have to be give someone else a chance now because he's, he's had a lot of minutes for Scotland. Mm. Um, I'd like to see Nisbet... But again, it's going to be so competitive over the next few months. Every Scottish player that's even with a sniff against the national team are going to be going mad for it. So, yeah. um, I think. But I mean, got Lyndon Dykes, mate. Don't need any. Don't need any more strikers. Don't do that. Got the Dykes <laughs> machine. He'll go. He'll go down with an ankle injury in the training before the Euros or something stupid that's gone. <laughs> um, I'd say arguably Nisbet. If you're comparing him to Shankland, he's done more at a higher level than Shankland in some ways. Shantland's only just Definitely. got the Premier League. He scored two goals. He's not really been that good. He's not that mobile. Nisbet's taken to it like a fish to water. He's been fantastic. He's 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 much more athletic when I well, I think when I see him play. Um, Shankland's got great positioning, one but he's not really done it yet. So like, if Shankland's in that squad, then Nisbet absolutely should be. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, you know, Shankland only got like what five minutes in those three games. So I think it's time to give Nisbet a run. Uh, just touching on a couple of uh, Don's midfielders, that if the midfield players do get injuries or something like that, you've got McCrory, uh, who's under-21 captain, and Lewis Ferguson, who's obviously having an outstanding season. They both played in the defeat to Greece uh, that actually prevented the young boys making it to their major tournament yeah, next summer. Um, but I just think, you know, they're the kind of guys, especially in this sort of weird COVID world we live, where all these players seem to get injured in COVID tests. You just never know. I think, Scobie, you're spot on it, or whoever it was that said, give us spot on. Any guy that's got a Scottish grand or feeling Scottish in the next six months, you're playing your heart out, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Right. totally. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see... Maybe maybe not this tournament. Maybe one of the next tournaments we'll qualify for. But McCrory and Ferguson certainly like futures looking bright. I rate those two very highly. I mean, yeah, I, but you're going to get an opportunity to play them. If we, you know, we're going to get somebody like a Gibraltar or something in our World Cup qualifying game, aren't we? So you know, okay, that's maybe not much of a, a test of it, but at least he'll get to bring them in, see them in the squad, see how they fare, see how they look in training. 
you know, he'll, I think these guys will, he's going to test players out. I don't think it's just going to be this kind of squad he's, he's built um, through the Nations League. Yeah, as, as like quite an outside shout, I mean, McCrory can play right wing back and I think that is definitely the position that's the, the weakest link. 100%. In the so, yeah, what's he like, like, like a right back? Sorry, mate. Before we turn this into a Scotland football uh, <laughs> podcast, I think we should, we should probably get back to the matter at hand, which is fantasy, because uh, I could talk to you both about it all night. Um, from a fantasy yeah. perspective, just draw, back to, just draw back to Scotland team again with Christie, obviously got the goal. Um, you know, we'll always love him for that. He's a bit more expensive and stuff, but, you know, where, where, do, you see, where do you see Christie at this point in time um, as you're starting to, you know, see you're going back to Celtic? Um, you know, do you have any interest there? Yeah, I mean, he's a must-start. Like, Celtic need all the help we can get um, creatively at the minute. Um, obviously, Rogic now has got a little bit of rhythm. He'll be playing in that number 10 role, but we can't afford, especially with Forrest out, like, we can't really afford to not play Christie. And it's, it's always encouraging. Like, he's he's not been on amazing form, but then watching him for Scotland, when he's properly on it, he's such an asset, you know what I mean? And, it's, again, it's just having that type of player, that, that one moment of magic, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think he's the type of player that ha- if he has a really good season for the the next six months with Celtic and then has a good Euros, you know, you could see him getting a big move at the end of that. Mm-hmm. How big though? Well, prem- Premiership. <laughs> Burnley, <laughs> Burnley or Arsenal, you know, <laughs> like it's yeah, yeah. Do you want to just run around the houses as well? Um, I noticed that Edward scored a brace for France the under twenty ones. He's now their top. Uh, under-21 goal scorer of all time. And you yeah. think it likes a sort of Thierry Henry, David Trezeguet. It's pretty esteemed uh, company to be beating there. But do you know who he beat for it? Moussa Dembele. Was it? Yeah. That was a who <laughs> held the old record. Oh, wow. Hope I've not made that up, but... <laughs> I'll cut out. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's true, though. Uh, yeah, it's impressive. Big Edward's a, it's a weird one, isn't it, at the moment? Um, but like you just said, Celtic do look like they need all the help they can get. He scored a couple of goals. Yeah, hopefully we'll, it means... We'll talk about Celtic later in this podcast, so we won't get too caught into it now, but it's a good one. Um, I'm very okay, proud Celtic again, just though. Just finish this part of the pod, this part of the pod. You've got, it's going to be Euros fantasy next summer and you can only have one Scotland player in your team. Who is it? Scobie, I'll go to you first. Who's the one player you can only put one Scotland player in your Euros fantasy team? Oh, God. Um, Probably John McGinn. Reasons? Uh... Just because you know he's the heart, he feels like the sort of creative heartbeat of the team. Um, the way he, you know, I, I thought he played brilliantly. He set up a lot of stuff. He could have easily been, you know, a couple of assists there in the last in the last couple of games. He's having a good season where he is, obviously down south at the moment. Um, so I'm drawn to him, and from that point of view, and he's always got something spectacular in his in his locker, which major tournaments stuff like that does happen, doesn't it? And um, but actually, the way our defence is, you maybe you play a Scotland defender. Gibbo, Gibbo, what are you thinking? I find, find it difficult not to say Kieran Tierney, but it's kind of heart over head. Um, uh, I'd probably take Christie, to be honest. Okay. If, you look, if you're looking from a fantasy perspective, you need the people that are going to put the ball in the box and going to shoot. Yeah. But yeah. I'd take them all. I'd take them all if I could. I'll, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll take Lyndon Dykes, because he's going to be a top goal scorer at the tournament next summer. Great shot. Anyway, more on our, um, on our Euro 2021 podcast later. 
<laughs> we have to move that on. might actually be a thing. I don't know. I'm spitballing it, but who knows? If we have a bit of fun, let's do it. All right, let's get out of part one. Aww. Hello and welcome back to part two of this week's Scottish national team pilgrimage podcast. No, sorry, Fantasy Football Scotland podcast. Scobie, take us uh, through the three games uh, from the last game week, please. Cool, so we'll start with Scotland-Israel uh, last uh, Thursday and then we'll go on to um, Slovakia and we'll follow up that with uh, Israel um, again. <laughs> Okay. Um, we'll t- <laughs> we always have to. We always have to start with um, with a team close to our guest's heart. Um, so, um, with that in mind, Rangers Hamilton was uh, the first. You're on fire. If you can see his face now, listeners. Uh, no, we we'll start with Celtic. We'll do it right. We'll start from the top. Uh, so yeah, Celtic been um, up against it of late. Needless to say. And uh, Motherwell looked much more like them old, their old selves. So was it to be for the Steelman? Well, not if Elianusi had anything to do with it. With his phone firmly in his pocket, <laughs> he got the scoring underway um, after a jetty hit woodwork. Um, ball sap for his first, which he followed um, quickly with another, which was set up with some really lovely work um, from Roderick, um, which he was driving in to kind of create that. And I think, what was that, Lance? He's stumbling over Roderick. <laughs> Sorry. Roderick. Roderick has been um, a different class in his last couple of games, hasn't he? Three assists in two. Uh, we did talk about him last time out on the pod as well. He's 6.1 million, so let's not forget that. But uh, interested to get your view, uh, Gagan, on him and uh, you know whether he was somebody you'd be considering. Like I have a very, I love Tom Rogic as a player. I love watching him. Um, when he's on the ball, he's he's someone else. As I've said this about fifty times, so there must be quite a lot of players like it. But there's no one else like him. Um, <laughs> the problem I have with Tom Rogic is keeping him fit and keeping him consistent. And international duty is a killer for him as well. Like for his perform, his appearances per season is always thirty games. You know, fifteen sub appearances, sort of thing. Um, given how bad we look at the moment I'd say he's a good investment but when I look at the money being offered for Elianusi compared to him I know Elianusi's starting every game I know Elianusi's probably going to get a more he's not going to look as good doing it but he'll probably more likely to consistently get points so but in terms of watching him like in terms of like a beautiful footballer Tom Rogers is probably the most beautiful footballer in Scotland his touch is yeah majestic majestic I'd agree with you there. Um, enjoyed watching him for some time. Um, but no, back to the game. He, yeah, set, sets up that second one, Alianusi. Two. Motherwell shoot about a penalty after surprise, surprise, Scott Brown's challenge on Lang, which would have made it interesting. Um, but no, it was all Celtic in the first half. Christian Frimpong, I thought both looked fantastic um, all of that game, which was good to see. Frimpong was causing them problems yeah. all, uh, all game, which is probably why they tried to assassinate him in the second half um, and the new boy Laxalt who happens to look a little oh. bit like someone on this pod yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's actually he really what impressed boy. me first time seeing him so a couple of I mean goal line clearances basically he, yeah I, I really rate him I don't know do you know what price he is 
Uh, <laughs> we have discussed this before in the pod. Talk amongst yourselves why I find but it. But he, yeah, I, uh, every performance I've seen him, he's probably the only person that can look himself in the mirror with the recent Celtic performances um, consistently throughout all those games. He looks really good defensively, decent going forward. I reckon he's a good long-term investment. I don't know how much he's compared to Greg Taylor or anything, but... He's, he's 3.8 million. Um, if you compare that, I think, um, to Frimpong, mm. who's doing a similar job on the other side, right? He's 4.1. So you've seen Laxalt's better, especially since he's a bit cheaper. Or would you well, Fr- Frimpong recently, I think, has just been not been keen enough to put the, put the ball in the box. Like he's, He almost like had it coached out of him. Like When he first came, he would drive constantly to the byline and get it in the box, which is your fantasy dream. But recently, I just think he's been a lot more um, conservative. So, yeah, I, I love the look of Laxalt. I really do. Um, it's a bit of a toss-up with those two. I reckon Frimpong could blow up more, but I think Laxalt will be more consistent um, from cheaper. a fantasy perspective. I, yeah, I, and, and cheaper, yeah. yeah. Cards of the table. I'm wild-carding this week. So Me too, I'm mate. Intently to what oh, you're wow. saying. Yeah. My two Celtic players just now <laughs> are Frimpong and um, uh, Elianusi. So, I'm just wondering. I think Elianusi at that value is just... It's yeah. difficult not to take him. Definitely. I still don't really know what he's good at, but like, he is playing all the time for a team that generally do all right, unless they're playing fucking Rangers. He's very athletic, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, two two wild cards this week, John. Interesting. That's huge. We will have to touch on that in part three. Uh, Elliot Nussi talking about he did get his hat trick. Uh, lovely header of the top of our friend Sods. Um, and that, that was just actually shortly after Big Deck had made it 2-1, as we said. So that made it 3-1. Uh, a hat-trick for Elianusi. I took John's recommendation last week um, when I was looking for a midfielder, for those of you that listened to it. Uh, thank you, John, for that tip. It brought me a cool 19 points. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he finally delivered. And I've been haranguing him. I had dropped him. I kind of brought him back in as a last-chance saloon. You know, he's been fantastic. We've talked enough about him and his value. I think everybody knows um, he's probably the one you've got to have in at the moment. Uh, and Jam made it 4-1 uh, in the last 10 after being teed up by Eddie. Assist for Eddie, seeing him back on. But, like, of course, they'd all kind of come off um, the bench. I just wondered, did it did the scoreline flatter to deceive a little bit? I didn't actually think Motherwell were that bad. I think they did have a few chances. I think Stephen Robinson said it after the match. So I don't think we've ever had as many this many chances. Uh, playing Celtic under in his tenure. Um, yeah, I completely agree with you. To be honest, took our chances; they didn't take theirs, and we just—it was a bit of a. The good thing is we dropped Duffy and Edward for this, and dropping Duffy is can only be a good thing at this at this current where the way he's been playing. But um, yeah, I do completely agree with you that fragility and we looks. Yeah, you know, we definitely look like we can concede to basically anyone we play. Um, the Duffy story does just abuse so much that. <laughs> He's really still, in, still in my fantasy team. <laughs> bought him after he scored the two goals. I brought him in as well, to be fair. I, I, love the, I sent it to you, the Paddy Power tweet, which just had a photo the other night. <laughs> if Shane Duffy got down on his hands and knees and tried heading it along the floor to a teammate, it would be an awful lot better and more accurate than what he's currently trying to do with his feet. <laughs> Brutal. The thing is, he comes yeah. with a big price tag, doesn't he? And you, but you, you get judged on that, unfortunately. Gibbo, a little bit of trivia for you here. Who was the last Celtic player to score a hat-trick at Fir Park? <laughs> James Forrest. Incorrect. 
It was in what? It was in 2005, so you need to go back a bit. Larson Sutton? No. Another, the other one of Hartson. those. Hartson. John Hartson. Fucking Scobie beat me to it. He scored, he scored in a four-all draw in July 2005. And then, oh, that was striking, yeah. Here Straight we go. after our media. Who was the last Norwegian player to score a hat-trick in the Scottish top flight? John Duflo. Stefan Johansson. Scobie's on fire. There you go. Fucking hell. Very good. Well, talking up. Nice segue, John. <laughs> to the other side of Glasgow. Um, we're, we, you know, we're not necessarily going with the big games on purpose, but you could not this week. Um, Rangers-Hamilton um, kind of looked like a fixture that would have got the plums pumping. Um, if you've been watching Scottish football this season and if you've got Rangers players in your fantasy team, um, I don't know. I was kind of arguing that Rangers might have been tiring after what has been a pretty relentless fixture schedule for them and, and they've not really rotated it all that much but um, Christ we were wrong 8-0 <laughs> an absolute hiding for Hamilton I'm going to do a really quick recap I do this when there's loads of goals because nobody wants me to hear me do a monologue about it uh, so Arfield struck the opener Roof headed in the second Arbo deflected shot made it three Arbo second also took a nick off a defender um, and Aki's were toiling at that point of course Roof tapped in after the break before substitute Brandon Barker slotted in, made it six. And James Tavernier contributed the penalty and another strike, eight nil. Wow. Uh, it was my final point on this. We will, uh, we'll, we will have a discussion obviously about Rangers, but it was, it was well documented on Twitter. Uh, it was um, it was the makers of the game, the f- official Twitter account, uh, noted that James uh, Tav is on course for a 414 point season. That's almost more points than Gagan's got already. <laughs> he got 44 points this week if you captained him, which I, I, I suspect at least half of the game did. Um, it's just unbelievable, isn't it? Uh, word on um, Arbo, he's uh, now got three and three since he's been back. Um, and actually, I think he's a relative steal at 4.5 million. He was our man, Ross McIntosh's pick of the uh, pick of the bunch uh, when we were doing recommendations last week. Um, I went with Elianusi, but I was thinking about um, about him. What do you I make think, of it, guys? I, I think this is the first time you've got to think away from the, the Rangers' triple-up defence because their defence has been so consistent at getting clean sheets. And I think Aribo's the first legitimate option because his price point's so cheap and... And he's been returning goals. And he, the, he, well, he plays in that sort of 10 role, basically. So he's, he's right in amongst there. So I think he's, he's a very... Maybe he's, this is the time to move away from three at the back. Rangers, what do you think, Gagan? I'll be honest. I saw the scoreline and declined to investigate any further into anything about that football game. <laughs> um, so I don't know what to tell you. Um, yeah, they're obviously defensively, they're very solid. Yeah. They score a lot of goals, they don't concede many. Yeah. Yeah. It's off of the league. If uh, obviously like, I mean if, if for again putting my heart away, the like Ryan Kent's been shite for ages now ever since John took him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you could do it do you do us a favour, John, just pick up everyone on the hunting team and then we can uh, <laughs> get that curse a little bit more filled out. Um yeah, so Ryan Kent I do actually rate Joe Rebo annoyingly. Um 
it's quite a cheap price. Again, is he going to play every week, though? Week in, uh, week out? I think so. But, it, you, you know, because he's only just come back from injury, it's difficult to mm. be able to put a proper... And because got, you've got so many European matches, it is difficult to, to call. It's... It's tough as well. When they're on that good form, they don't kind of don't want to mix it up that much either, do they? And what's the... Is it Zungo? Who's the other new boy they brought in? That's apparently quite decent. South African. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, midfielder. Is he a midfielder as well? Yeah. So, more competition. So, maybe maybe it's just keep to keep sticking to the three <laughs> for Rangers. Here's a, here's a stat for you. The last time Rangers won a top flight match by an eight-goal margin was back in December 1967. Another, none other than Sir Alex Ferguson scored a hat trick in that fixture. That good year, that 1967. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's uh, yeah, it's an interesting point where you go with Rangers. For me, it's finally time. I think um, I think really concerning Morales didn't um, didn't do anything in that fixture. He was on the bench. I think he came on. Um, but, you know, when it's a goal fest like that and he's not part of it. Same with Ken. I mean, I don't know what's happened there. Everyone was saying that he just really stepped on. It feels a little bit like since the, the you know, there was that interest from Leeds and he didn't go, he's just dropped off a bit. And I don't know what, you know, whether there's a correlation there or what. He's still playing well. He certainly still looks up for it, but just not producing yeah, I, think, I think you're in danger, and we always are in danger in fantasy sport, of judging people's performances by no, their performances. <laughs> But the thing that no, the reason I say that <laughs> what they what, what everybody was complimenting him about was the way he'd added assists and goals yeah, to yeah. this yeah. this year, and then that's just gone out the window. And he's a bit more playing like the Ryan Kent of last year, say, where he's a threat, but did he really like deliver anything? Um, but you know, certainly other people are stepping up and doing it for them. Um, so yeah, look, it's interesting. And Roof, we liked the little run that he got on. It was pretty unfortunate that he got injured, came back playing a bit in Europe. Obviously gets two there. I really like him. He seems to fit the way that they play. So he would probably be the other the other outfield player apart from Aribo that you know I'd be considering um, when I look at that on that side. I can see I can see Gibbo just seething like, us talking about this game. So should we move on? To I the think last we should move on. Move on, boys. Move on. Not we'll much move to do. It. Do <laughs> Where Aberdeen made it six um, unbeaten, seeing off Hibs who are comparably now just one win in four. Um, goals came pretty early in this one. Um, that man, Lewis Ferguson, sets up right for the first, just five minutes in. Uh, and then Ryan Porteous, courtesy of Lewis Ferguson's back, um, sets up uh, Big Cosgrove uh, for his second, makes it two very quickly. Uh, of course, two assists for Ferguson. Um, and not really much else in that one. The Hibs kind of came to life a bit in the second half. Their best chance fell to Boyle, who, again, failed to convert. A word on him, 6.3 million, his value's fallen slightly, um, and he's now gone five games without a goal or an assist. If we remember, he had a really hot start to the season. Um, just hasn't really offered much um, at that end. He's, he's been stinking up my team for a couple of weeks now, anyway. Oh, you got him as well. Yeah, yeah. Hey, got, all this, got all those players. Kabamba, not scored for about a year. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the yeah, that's my... John Jim for having Ryan Kent to us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got a fling shit. <laughs> um, Aberde- yeah, yeah, that was my one question for you, John. Because obviously Scott Wright absolutely ran the show second half when he came on against Celtic the other day. Mm. What's what's what are you thinking of him for a fantasy for a man who's playing his wild card this week? You reckon he's a man you would get in? 
uh, on the my answer is no, but I think he's playing very very well. But I think there's better options in that Aberdeen team. I think um, you know Scott Wright's been been brilliant, and he is adding those goals and assists to his game. But he's yeah. not proven it. He's not got a proven track record of doing that all the time. And I think given the fact that you've got Lewis Ferguson, who's on penalties and can't stop assisting or scoring in general, he's, he's a must have. He's a must. And, and I think Sam Cosgrove, given the fact that there is such a dearth of Premiership strikers just now that are sticking the ball in the back of the net, and you saw the confidence that he just sort of wafted that ball outside of his boot in the top bin. I mean, that boy just looks like he's going to be scoring goals. So he's in. And I think you have to have an Aberdeen defender just because they've got the second-best clean sheet record behind Rangers in the league. So I'd be leaning towards maybe a Joe Lewis in goals or a Tommy Hoban at the back. That's, I think... I think Scott Wright in another team gets in fantasy football teams, but just Aberdeen have quite a, a high standard of asset just now. Yeah, agreed. I agree with you. It's, um, it, it looks like Cosgrove is going to be coming into my team as well this week. And interestingly, um, somebody on Twitter asked us this week uh, who they should replace in their fantasy Premier League team. Um, I think there was Wilson they were taking out and it was going to either be Watkins or Vardy. And John replied with Cosgrove. <laughs> 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 Such is John's faith in his uh, abilities. Um, Ferguson talking about him. Um, he's now the top scoring midfielder with 73 points. He's leapfrogged Ryan Kent, who scored about two points in seven games. Um, so, yeah, 73 points. His value's up to 4.7 million now. He's now got a goal or an assist in seven of his last 10 matches consistent. Yeah. And just, just a word on Aberdeen's uh, fixtures coming up. Obviously, got the double game week coming up. Uh, Rangers part of that, so you've got to try and look past that. Then they've got Hamilton, who we're uh, obviously got stripped eight to Rangers. And then in the next 13 game weeks, they've actually only got Rangers at the top four. So they've got like a mad run of um, fixtures that are, you know, scoring points. So I'd say give away your wild card this week. Are you considering an Aberdeen triple up? Could well be, mate. Could well be. I'm going to have to get over the emotional hurdle of getting a Rangers back three in. And if I can get over that, then... Or if I can't get over that, I'll get an Aberdeen, boys. But yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'll let you boys know. You'll be the first to know. <laughs> I, think, I think I was thinking about that with the Aberdeen fixtures I'd schedule. Because whenever I look at it, I'm like, you know, it always looks good. And I have to just take my half and say, like, they're playing very well. You do kind of back them, even in games against Hibs like that. You know, there's no fear there. You always beat Hibs, though. Everyone else, you feel like Aberdeen can put can put goals past, can defend against. So, yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. You've got a three. Um, we'll do some headlines from the other games. We'll fly through it. Um, the United would fancy that against St Mirren, um, even though they were away from home, but they settled for a point. A goalless one there. Match was almost um, abandoned by fog, fun fact. Um, but there wasn't really much to see anyway. But hey, um, Silver lining comes in the form of my man Segrist at the back. That was his third clean sheet in four games. And obviously third clean sheet for, for Dundee United in four games. And actually the one they didn't get a clean sheet in the fucking shoot up. Um, so Dundee United's defence just looks really tight. I think if you're wild carding, I would, I would steer you both in that direction. But I've been flying the flag for Dundee United's defence for quite a while. Um, and then at the other end of the pitch, Blankland. Bit of a drought. <laughs> Zero goals in uh, in five. Are we getting worried? Yes. yes. Very worried, but I mean, they've got. Have they got county this weekend? Yes. So you you 
if if you've held on this long, do you hold on for another week? I mean, I've dumped him personally. He'll be but, getting dumped from my team. No, sorry, they've got Hamilton, and then they've got County the following game, so they've got a really nice couple of fixtures. So you, it's a hard one. Yeah, you'd hope he gets some goals there coming back from the highs of being away with Scotland. Uh, other side of that, St Mirren, John Abika scored in the cup. You'll be pleased to know. <laughs> Did see that. <laughs> so oh, maybe it's the return of that man, John Abika. Um, which would be a fun, a fun turnaround in the season. Uh, St. Johnson turned over Kelly. Uh, pretty disappointing for fantasy football people, uh, most of whom have about three Kelly players. Um, it was Matt Namara with the goal, uh, which kind of Conway put in. Conway remains my kind of pick of the bunch for the Super Jays. Uh, and then finally, we had some fans back in the ground in, uh, in Dingwall, no less. 300 of them watched uh, tightly fought 1-1 um, between County and Livingston. Uh, interesting point for that game. Ollie Shaw got his second in two games. Uh, Ross County have been struggling for goals, so maybe one to watch there. Um, and Devlin got the goal for Livingston, courtesy of Pittman. I quite like Pittman, 4.4 million. Um, and they've got St. Mirren um, kind of coming up and some other easier kind of fixtures in the schedule. So maybe one to consider. Hello and welcome back to part three of this week's Steve Clark Appreciation Podcast. <laughs> Fucking right. Sir Steve. Unite the clans. Unite Sir Steve. Can you do it like Davy Marshall? Uh, this is the part of the podcast where we're just going to fire some questions around um, are the people on the pod. So we've had um, some guys in touch. A uh, dog botherer by none other than goes the name of James Kettlewell <laughs> has asked, and Gagan, this one will go to you first. Should Scottish players who were on international duty be avoided? Surely some are in danger of being burnt out, such as Christie. I don't know. Like most football players at the minute are playing two games a week, like constantly. So I don't really see how that's any different from. You know, uh, maybe they'll be emotionally burnt out from that incredible result, but nah, fuck off, Kets. <laughs> nah, shut up. Uh, I don't have a good answer, really. Just Scooby, <laughs> Scooby, help them out. <laughs> um, uh, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think um, certainly the Celtic players. I've got to go home and dig their team out a bit of a, not a hole, but, you know, they certainly need to win. The pressure's on. So uh, I don't think Lennon's going to rest anyone, really, unless they need it. Um, also, interesting note on Celtic. Sorry, just that we didn't pick up in the last part, but uh, do you see there was an outbreak of COVID in the Norway camp and Ayer and Elianusi? So they, I think we're getting away with that one. I think they don't have to self-isolate or anything. Interesting. Uh, I saw. I thought I saw that. You know what's been annoying me? It's soft topic again. But what's when Rangers get a COVID outbreak? It's fucking Jordan Jones and Ed Munson. It's like fucking invite Tavernier to the party. Like give him a little bit. Get a few of them out. So the two most worthless players are the ones getting COVID. We've got everyone. Edward, fucking Iron. Anyway, sorry. Carry on. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, thanks for the question, Kets. Hopefully that answers, uh, answers that. <laughs> I'm sure that kind of, yeah. We've uh, we've got three from the man top of our uh, fantasy Fitbar pod uh, league, Asika Jordan. So thanks for getting in touch, mate. Uh, question number one, Scobie, you can have this one. Uh, is it time to bring in Edwards, uh, considering his France heroics? Um, 
if you can afford it and you've got Morelos, uh, yes, I would ditch. I would ditch Morelos for him. The run that they're, I think, about to go on is going to be, it's going to be really good. Um, I'm not just saying that because Gibbs on the pod. Um, I think they will. So I think, but it's just about whether he plays him, whether you know whether he gains confidence. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes there. You know, I don't know. It's a bit of a mystery, but it feels to me like if he's going to play, then yeah, um, I would bring him in. But I personally think downgrade a bit in terms of value, take someone like Cosgrove and then redistribute that somewhere else. Egan, are you, you're, you're doing a wild card. So you're premium striker. Everyone's got one premium striker at least, right? Who's, who's going to be your premium? You know, it's probably not going to be Edouard until he, until he proves it, um, until he starts playing better, really. I just think too many games this season, he's looked like he's not arsed. And if, if that's through a lack of fitness or it's because he's chucked it, could not get in a move or whatever. Like that and Cham uh, goal the other day, just no celebration for the two of them, straight back, straight back to the centre circle. don't know. You do, you do read into these things a little bit, especially when we're playing poorly. Um, I'd probably look elsewhere. Currently. And until he starts properly doing it, putting in the performances, I'd probably look elsewhere. So we're saying, say Cos- well. we're saying Cosgrove is a better Cosgrove, yeah. Not Morales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, school be touched on the Morales point. So there you go. Um, can, we, can we talk about Hibs have got a double game week coming up as well? Um, I want to get your guys' thoughts on the best Hibs options for this double game. Obviously, Celtic's one of them, but as we talked about, Celtic can see goals, right? So where, where are we thinking the value is in their team just now? Gibble. I know he's on pish form, but I do really rate Martin Boyle as a player. And he is a bit expensive, but I still think he's a good player and he's so direct and he will just get you points. Although I'll feel a bit better if he starts actually doing it instead of being shite every week. Mm. Um, yeah, Martin Boyle, obviously Kevin Nisbet. Um, the strikers are a lot more difficult to pick. I've had Nisbet from pretty early on. Takes pens, handy player. I like Christian Dodge. Don't know where you'd fit him in, but I do just like him. I think he's a decent player. Um, and what's the centre-half? Paul Hanlon as well. Mm. Yeah, again, they're playing Celtic, so they might concede, but I've always quite rated Paul Hanlon. So Hanlon, Hanlon scored one goal already this season. A stat I like from the fantasy football scout this week is that he's second only to Tav on shots on target so far this season. Mm. For a defender? Yeah, yeah. No way. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you know what? I think defensively we've said it all season I think they're, they're great and their clean sheets have, uh, you've had an enormous amount of them so at the back of, you know by all means just apart from Nisbet we've spoken enough about him I just don't really see who else there is like because there just hasn't they see I think they're really missing Scott Allen actually I think it's a real shame that he's out and he was a great value as well in, in fantasy football Scotland I think he would have been great Stevie Mallon a lot of when you speak to a lot of Hibs fans they say he's their best player or technically kind of you know he's very, very good. He obviously takes set pieces, things like that, so he's instantly attractive. If he kind of gets back to fitness and stuff, he is a bit more expensive, but... Do you see the raker he scored in the nice. weekend? Beauty the other week. Yeah. yeah. He's 6.5 for him, though, and, like, he is a quite a luxury player. He pings, he's an absolute ping on him, but he is a luxury player, I think. Yeah, but yeah. I just think they need someone a bit of a creative spot. The only other players that are playing consistently in that midfield is Newell, who's not really... He's had a couple of assists in the goal, um, yeah, I think he's their second top point scoring midfielder, but you know you're not going to fit him in. Um, yeah. So yeah, so, yeah I'm, thinking, I'm thinking Nisbet is definite in for, these, for this double game week, and then I'm, to, I'm a toss up between Hanlon at 3.1 for the points we discussed, and then also Josh Doig 
who was a big favourite at the start. He's still 2.6. You know, Stevenson's out injured for a wee while, so he will start. That's where my where my head's at. Doig or Hamlin, what do you reckon, guys? Doig's still in my team, um, so he'll probably do shy. <laughs> but yeah, the logic behind it is very decent. I also think he's a handy enough player. Um, I've actually heard that but I don't. I think I think Stevenson's looking like he's going to be back anytime soon. So where he was kind of rotating a bit with Doig, that's kind of gone now. So um, yeah, coming from from the Hibs fans, Doig is going to be playing week in week out. I think now and not being rotated. So so I would say go with him. All right, and then one final question, Scobie. We're back yeah. to Lord Tate. Richard Tate was playing. I think he was playing on the wing against Dundee United. <laughs> for the Saints, is it time to consider him again in your fantasy teams? <laughs> I mean, Gib, you probably have heard if you've been listening to uh, <laughs> we, we we loved the Lord Tate of Renfrewshire um, at the start of the season. It was he was really good the other night, and he's kind of go, going both ways. He's good, but I don't know. Surely with Samir, and you can't really trust anyone at the moment. No. Do you want to say yes, but save that for Abika when he goes on his mad goal-scoring run. Scobie, I know you've been waiting all pod oh, who the manager of the week was last week. <laughs> well, it was a high-scoring week um, for everyone, pretty consistently, but two people in the league went over 100. I feel like we should shout them both out. One was our good friend, FPL Maz, um, who is going to have his new fixture tracker out, I think, tomorrow, if you are listening, or it might be today if you're listening to it. Um, 101 points, fantastic from him, but unfortunately, it wasn't enough. The 108 points from CHBFC, oh. my team. Top. Top scoring team. They've been, talking They've been talking about Reddit. I mean, it's just unbelievable. 108 points, manager of the week, up to sixth. I mean, you could just go on. Um, top of the league is still Asika Jordan. He has broken the 800-point barrier now, 833 points. He's up out there on his own. Uh, and just, just to mention, a certain bit of name and shaming, at the, very, at, the, at the foot of our league, with 377 points, real Cinco, Jamie Watson, um, <laughs> You're probably not listening because you've clearly given up. You've still got Dykes in your team. Um, and Liam Donnelly, who's been injured since the first minute of the first week. Um, Jamie Watson, get your act together. Yeah, agreed. Team below me. Miles below you. <laughs> below you. Even below you. Well, thank you so much for coming on the pod this week, Gagan. It's been an absolute pleasure having pleasure, you. Pleasure, boys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really I appreciate it. Real life. Thank you, mate. And we'll have you on for when we do our Euro 2020 fantasy football uh, podcast. And we get oh. to put more than one Scottish player in our team. Fucking <laughs> right, we will. 100%. 100%. Thank you, mate. It's been a pleasure. Can't wait, boys. Speak to you soon. Thanks very much for listening as well, listeners. As always, your support is massively appreciated. Let's keep it going. All the best for the weekend, guys. All the best, guys. <laughs>